<laughs> I hope my levels are good. I really hope so. You, you sounded really good last week. I did, and I don't think I fiddled with anything, but who knows? Yeah, well, well let's, just, let's just go for it. We'll see what happens. Last week, opening with the popsicle eating, I feel like was a good move. Should I just open with different food each week? Well, you did cookies, so yeah, let's continue. <laughs> mm. <sighs> How refreshing did that sound? Not at all. All I heard was you responding to it. I didn't get to hear like the, oh. the crack of the can. Well, I've already opened it. I know. That's what I'm saying. You, you ruined it. Oh, well. Next time, I guess. How's it going, man? Oh, Ooh. oh pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. It's hot here today. And we have a very nice apartment. No complaints, except for whatever re- reason, this room, which is our home office, doesn't really get air conditioned during the summer and it doesn't really get heated during the winter. So I am sitting here as nude as can be uh, without actually being nude. Do you think it just fell out of the building plans? So they just didn't run anything to that room? Honestly, I don't know. There is a vent over there, but it doesn't really seem to get much action. I've, I've definitely fiddled with it. Um, so during, during the summer, we pretty much always have a fan running, which hopefully you cannot hear. And Not we really always have enough. a heater running during the winter. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty hot today. I mean, it was 90, I think. Does your 900-year-old so. house have air conditioning? No, it does not. Nine hundred. Yeah. Um, no, we just have a, a window unit, but I mean, our, our apartment's like three rooms. So um, the window unit in our bedroom kind of covers the most important part, which is just being cold when we're sleeping. Right. And then honestly, right now our, our living room feels pretty good, um, even though it is. I think it's ninety degrees out there, but and not the humidity that you guys have. But no, I feel comfortable. I'm still not wearing a shirt, but that's just a personal choice. <laughs> Very nice. All right. What? Uh, so what'd you do this week? I do. Well, we've been talking, we always do lamb updates, but we can kind of shift that over to... Well, no, 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 we're not going to shift anything. You're going to pause right there and you're going to tell me about how these goddamn lambs are doing. They're good. They are not enjoying this hot weather. We are... How do you know? Do they tell um, you? They're drinking a lot more water than they normally do. um, And they just look a little bit miserable. Um, they do have shade and stuff in their pasture, but I mean, sure. they're just covered in wool. Imagine that. So, oh yeah, that's a good point. It's like wearing a sweater permanently outside yeah. in the summer. Yep. What and color are red. they? Are they white or are they black? There's, well, there's three black sheep okay. and seven white ones, but the white is more of like an off white cream at, you know, at this point. Okay. But I'm, I'm just thinking the, the black ones probably are a little bit hotter than the others. I feel bad for them. Yeah. They're, they're smaller than the, 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 the all the white ones seem are, are like really chonky, like real big. Hmm. Um, but I don't think there's any correlation to that, <laughs> but, right. but the, but the lambs are good. One of them is on the radar. I actually got medicine today because they were worried about, um, after doing the FAMACHA test, we asked they're doing that weekly, looking at their eyes. Right. Um, the, one of them is, is past the point where they think now that needs to get medicine. So they gave some medicine to one lamb today. What is it um, like a, like a pill or uh, what do you do? Like a salve? I think it's, I think it's like a, I didn't, I saw it's quite the like mechanism that Kaylee took out there. I didn't have to do it, thank goodness. But it's, I think it's like a um, a mixture that you give to them orally, pretty much. Hmm. So right. there's a long like tube and like kind of like a squirt gun looking thing. And you. So this isn't the type of task that you have, you give like the new guy to do. How did you get out um, of it? Honestly, we, well, we've been splitting up tasks on the farm from like you know the different categories and and livestock. There's just been like the same two people kind of rotating who are kind of interested in it. I don't, I'm not disinterested in livestock, but 
if there's other people that want to do it more, I kind of let them do it, and this falls under their purview. So, gotcha. I have not had, have not had to go into the hot hutch and try and like corral these lambs and look at their eyeballs. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm a okay with that. We can put a pin in this, but I just realized I want to ask you about whether, as a new guy on the farm, if you like, is is there is there farm hazing? Are you being hazed? Not really. Okay. I mean, there's definitely farm hierarchy at the farms, specifically bigger than ours, but farms where they kind of have the management crew and then the field crew and things like that, or the the workers that just show up for the summer. I mean, there's right. If you show up on a bigger farm and you're part of that harvest crew, like you do nothing but harvest. Right. And a lot of the time that sucks. I mean, you're like picking green beans for five hours. You're picking peas for a long time. Right. Just like destroys your back. And those are usually not where the managers are um, out there with you. But on a farm this small, we're all out there doing it. So okay. hazing wise, it's not, not too bad. Um, can't and think not, of any task not, that I was given. Yeah. Like you're not like a greenhorn on a, on a fishing boat where they like make you eat like a, the head of a fish or something. No, unless I skip that stage or miss that mm. day. Maybe yeah. like eat a eat a potato beetle. Or something. Maybe maybe I need I need to talk to your colleagues and make sure you're getting the proper experience. Okay, <laughs> you do that. I'll, you I'll set pass that up their for information. Me. Yeah, I'll pass their information along. You can talk to them about it. All right, thank you. Um, but, okay, so thank you so, for the lamb update. Uh, and yeah. I believe you have a pig update, right? Yeah, a pig update. We got a a pig on Wednesday. Um, we got six six. I think three boys, three girls is what they told us. Okay. Um, Does that matter? They, I don't think it does actually. Um, if it did, we did not show. It did not s- surprise us when we found out that's what the the split was or anything. Um, okay. So he dropped them off on Wednesday, and they're not like piglet size. They're they're not tiny little guys. Um, I have pictures of them I can share too, actually. But they're they're more like they're like fifty pounds already. They're solid. <laughs> All right. But they're fifty pounds just really packed into a small space. Um, <laughs> like like little they, little running backs. They are, they're like fullbacks. They're solid. They're, they are like, you would struggle to push one over. I'm, um, did you have an experience with one? Did you get knocked down by a piglet? Not yet. Not yet. But I think one could if it wanted to. Okay. But, um, so we got there on Wednesday, just kind of getting used to having them around. We built them a, a, a temporary, well, not temporary, but like put up a pasture for them. But we use, um, like little, like three foot high electric fence that you can move and stuff like that mm-hmm. because they kind of fly through their pasture because they just eat everything. Uh, truly, truly everything. Um, the goal is to feed them a lot of farm and restaurant scraps right? Um, to kind of keep them from eating grain and actually it makes the meat better in the end. But um, so right now they're they're kind of getting used to their pasture. They're still pretty small, but they're also not loving the hot weather. <laughs> um, so one of the things you do actually daily, we've been making them uh, what you call a wallow, which is, is that a mud basically pit? mud pit. Yeah, I make my mud spot um, for them to play in. Um, so Man, I that. could go. I could go for a mud pit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. I know. I really respect their ability to not worry about just getting absolutely disgusting. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good. They, they, they are pigs. I know. You know, it's, it's like in, it's in the name. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the pigs are good. I'm sure they supposedly put on a pound a day right now at what? this stage. So wow. they're going to be they're going to be huge. Am I um, a baby I'm, pig? We went over this the very first episode, and you want to identify as a pig. <laughs> I actually have smart questions about both the lambs and the pigs. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I am curious about the economics behind why you're doing this. So 
do you know like what does it cost? What do uh, what does a lamb cost, and what do you get once it's processed? Like it must be worth it to the farm to to do this, even in small numbers. Do you know? Do you have any sense of what the economics is like? I actually can ask and find out more because I don't know much about the livestock in general and like what the margins are. But I know for each lamb costs individual lamb costs like one hundred and twenty five dollars. Um, so they're not cheap. Wow, that's all. more than I expected. But and you I, just go I, ahead and you waste all that lambskin. And you don't make any hats. <laughs> I feel I'll, like I have some good consulting advice for your farm. Just okay. bring me in. Yeah, we'll bring you in. We'll definitely we'll we'll pay to bring you out here and consult for our farm. Um, actually, you know what? We're not going to pay you, but we'll give you a pair of lambskin gloves. <laughs> yeah, I would happily. <laughs> Can you make me a shirt or something? <laughs> yeah, like a tunic. Um, but honestly, I so I don't know the exact margins on what how much money you get from because you do i mean you're feeding them grain still granted not a ton but um i'm pretty sure which is true for a lot of livestock that the margins can be very slim um especially if i know if that knew that for chickens at one of the farms i was at you were not making much per chicken i mean that makes Uh, sense for me for chicken because i feel like even in like in a restaurant you're generally not able to sell chicken dishes for like a a premium but i'm yeah that's true like like a really nice pork chop or something with lamb, I feel like must go. I mean, this meat is being used by your restaurant, right? Yeah, yep, it is. It's being split. I think because we only do six pigs, um, each restaurant gets one. Um, the the three main restaurants we sell to, and then the the grill on site gets the extra two, I think, or they get and they end up getting they end up getting three or four total. But I mean, um, so that must be only enough for like a day or something. So they what? they do select cuts and specials with it, so it's not okay. like I mean their menu doesn't feature a ton of ham or anything actually, or you know they, their menu is always changing. Actually, it's usually there's a lamb dish, there's a pork dish, there's actually a ton of beef because mm-hmm. of the the cattle herd. Um, but I'm pretty sure the margins are better on pigs because we're gonna have these pigs. We got them this Wednesday. We'll butcher them in like October, so we've already had them a month less of amount of time. And I know weight wise, they're obviously be a lot heavier than the lamb. Their meat is cheaper, but I think I would, my guess would be that they're worth more at the end. But as a good question, I'll actually I'll, I'll find out because I'm curious too because yeah. it's a good way to diversify a small farm. But is it profitable or worth it? A lot of people just do it because they like to have livestock on their farm. Right. Um, it's just a way of feeling like there's more going on at your farm or people use them. You can bring pigs in to, to eat and till an area that maybe it's hard to get tractors to. Right. Um, same with goats and stuff like that. So maybe in a lot of the time it's not strictly for the money, but um, here it obviously is. That's why we do it. I mean, it's part of it's the appeal for the restaurants to say that they have, you know, mm-hmm. meat so from their like own a, farm. There's like a marketing aspect to it. This farm, which I mean, is kind of to some of the people. Some of us will be bummed about it, but it's frustrated. But at times, it's very much a marketing tool, uh, which is why it was started. Yeah. Um, so the production aspect is pretty impressive now. Um, I think probably starting to change the minds a little bit of the restaurant group. But at the time that it was started, it was like definitely all these restaurants can claim to be some aspect of farm to table. Um, But the only one, you know, almost following that strictly is the one on site. But that's part of what the meat is, too. But that's a good question. I'll actually find out because I'm equally curious. All right. So you got some homework now. I got homework. But the pigs are good. Um, They'll be fun to update on because they'll be just growing crazy fast. Did you name any of them yet? We didn't. We've kind of been throwing around. Haley yeah. and I have been doing naming. I'm thinking. I was thinking Alexander Hamilton. Um, God, Abraham, that's terrible. 
Ab- Ab- well, we tried to do something with Abraham Lincoln, you know, because like well, sausage Lincoln. Ham is, is in Abraham. <laughs> I know. Listen, <laughs> you guys hey. are terrible at this. Um, yeah, ham's in a lot of words. We're not really sure what else to use. You got, you got a good one off the top of your head? Uh, Porky. Porky, I'm so mad. Ben Oinklin. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Hold on. Now, <laughs> well, I got to come up with one more. I'm not going to be able to concentrate on the rest of our conversation. So it's got to We're going with the presidential theme? It doesn't have to be <laughs> all presidential. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, let's just waste it. everyone. We'll yeah. just do some Jeopardy music here. It'll, it'll come. It'll come. You know, in like twenty minutes. It'll in the middle of the mind. episode, you're just gonna yeah. yell a pig pun. Yep. But um, anyways, we'll work on naming them. People can submit some names if anyone's got good names out there. Yeah. But okay. um, it's gonna be our family, and that's what I think we've learned. Their naming is not good. No. Yeah. Um, speaking of terrible names, let's move on to the next thing. Your uh, your running team. Yeah. Okay. So we did the cattle run on Wednesday. Um, and we this, and this, just to refresh my memory, this is when you were in a race with cows, um, mm-hmm. like human versus cow, and yep. kind of like see, Winner take who's, all. see who's fastest. And I believe loser gets eaten. No, loser lives in the pasture. The winners oh. get to move into the apartment. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> no, the cattle run actually was was a uh, eight mile relay race. Um, each person runs. It's a three person team. Each person runs two point eight miles. Um, but you're running it through the farm, up the hill, and through the pasture. The cows were all put away for the day. Um, you don't get to mingle with them. That's BS, man. They yeah. should have been out there. They should have been obstacles. They were. They looked – because you kind of run by the cattle barn where they had them all stored away. They looked pretty pissed that they were locked <laughs> away, and they saw us just running through their pasture. Um, <laughs> so you run through the pasture and then up the hill to the castle, that estate that's on top of the hill. Uh-huh. It's a pretty grueling – actually, it's a pretty grueling hill. Most people – a good 50%, 60% walk up the hill, actually, or like speed walk up it. Um, I kept I kept a jog the whole time, which was I was proud of myself. But then you just kind of come back down that hill, back to the barn. You hand off whatever vegetable you're using as your baton. We <laughs> what used, vegetable did you have? We had a cucumber. Um, <laughs> funny enough, so every, every year it's always carrots and rhubarb are definitely two of the things they're going to have. Mm-hmm. And our team this year was Haley and I and then Jed, who is one of the owners of the entire restaurant group. Right. Um, so, you know, he's a big deal. And I went up to Jed and I was like, you know, he's like, oh, when you go to grab a vegetable, do not grab rhubarb. Rhubarb's trash. It's going to fall apart in your hand. He's like, veterans know to not grab the rhubarb. He goes, I've done this race enough times. We're not, we're not holding rhubarb in our hand. Um, so we held the cucumber the whole time. And so you basically I mean, it is the- probably, if I think about all of the vegetables that you had available to you, it is the most baton-like it, the, which one? Cucumber? Cucumber. The, cucumber. Yeah. Plus it has yeah, little it like has little nubs on it like for grip. <laughs> this one was weirdly smooth, but maybe that was just from our hands <laughs> holding it. Jed said he put it in his pocket when he ran up the hill because he wanted both of his hands free for is some that, reason. Is that allowed? I mean, I guess I he know. can do whatever he wants, he's, but. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you'd, um, anyways, we ran that. Each person runs that twice. You're handing off the baton between. Um, we put up a pretty good time. We finished 12th overall out of 70 teams. Wow. Um, we finished second amongst restaurant group teams. Each person kind of averaged an eight-minute mile for their run, just over eight-minute mile, which is pretty good for running up a hill. Pretty solid. Um, so yeah, it was a good good performance. We were team move it or lose it. Hmm. How many O's Crickets. were in that? <laughs> I think I only put two or three. Okay. I didn't I didn't spend too much time writing it out because you did have to write it down when you signed up. How much um, How much shame did you feel when you told it to Jed? Um, not. I actually don't. I think I 
what did I tell him? Did I text it to him? Did I email it to him? <laughs> he, did, he didn't bring it up in person, which makes me think he was fine with it. Um, but there were some good ones. There was Team Pasture Bedtime, which is pretty good. Get that. Wasn't the run in the middle, like middle of the day? It started at 6 p.m. Oh, uh, okay. Get, that's get, okay. It's getting pasture bedtime. I mean, come on, using pasture instead of pasture, yeah. it's pretty, pretty clever. I don't understand. I can't believe they didn't use pasture in terms of like passing you while running. Yeah, exactly. That's that would have been the that would have been the <laughs> the on. expert move. Amateur hour. Um, there were some other. I could look actually. I should look at the race names uh, at some point. There's some pretty punny ones. There was the confident women <laughs> at one point. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I guess we get good ch- chuckles from you. But uh, it was good. Good fun. It was All exhausting. Right. It was like 80 degrees when we started too. It was like 85. Um, but it went better than we anticipated. But congratulations. My, good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and then we got to eat some good old barbecue afterwards, so it was nice. Mm, nice. So, Wait, was it a did, you didn't have the pigs yet, right? No. Okay. Never mind. No. Maybe this is, make the pigs watch you eating barbecue. No. They wouldn't care. Pigs are savages. They'll eat That's anything. That's true. That's true. Um, so about your week? How was your how was your week? Hmm, my week was very interesting. Uh, you, put it, you put it in all caps. A big, big week for Sam. Uh, let's see. How much background do you need to, do I need to give to, to make this work? Um, I mean, the main thing that happened was that the project that I've been working on since February uh, is, like, massively different over the course of, like, 24 hours. Uh, basically, well, go ahead. I was like, is this the project that you pitched for the first time? Like you got this company on yeah, board? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, this so is the, the one project that I've been leading since February. Yeah, I basically kind of led the sales process. Um, I've been kind of what we call the project steward. So although I have teammates on the project from the ready, I'm the one uh, kind of leading the overall relationship and what we're doing there. And the funny thing is, this is actually the second time there has been a reorg at this organization. So the first one was like a month and a half or so into uh, the project, which we kind of knew was coming, and, and it it caused us to kind of have to delay what we wanted to do because it didn't make any sense to do a bunch of work with teams that were going to be moving elsewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. and for those who aren't, like, really steeped in big company um dynamics of reorg is just usually when the executives at the top decide that they want to move teams around for some reason usually it's you know there's actually there is no usually there's lots of different reasons why companies do reorgs uh so the first one happened a month and a half in or so and then once we Got on the backside of that, we were able to like really focus in and start doing what we do, working with teams, you know, doing the the teaching and the coaching uh, that we do. And then last week, uh, we got wind of another reorg that was happening. And actually, at first, we didn't know I and mean, we didn't think it was going to be a reorg. It was just that there was like a, a promotion at the very highest level of the company that was unexpected and the title that this new leader had was very very much overlapped with the group that we were working in and our our client didn't really know what was going on they weren't really brought into the situation um 
And then early this week, we found out that basically the client we were working with, this VP we were working with, uh, his his team essentially got kind of disbanded. Kind of, uh, they went to different parts of the organization, and he went over to work for this new leader. And what that means is that you know everything we were doing on this project is like totally up in the air and different now and it's not the type of thing where we're not at risk of being decontracted i don't think i don't even know how that would work like we have a contract with this company through you know basically the end of the year uh but the literally the team we were working with no longer exists uh Mm -hmm. so we're in this really weird place that i've never been in with a project where we're trying to figure out like how do we what are we going to do moving forward? And there's a, just a whole lot of uncertainty because the leader who originally hired us still really likes us and we still want to work together, but he doesn't really know what his new role entails and how much power he has in that or even how much power this new leader has. The other people who were part of this uh, original team have been spread around and they still want to work with us, but you know they're all in new organizations who don't know us. Uh, so it's really weird and the timing is kind of hilarious too because uh i'm going on vacation next week uh, mm-hmm. our original client and a couple of the, his leaders are going on vacation next week so the timing actually is pretty great because there's almost nothing to do except let this play out a little bit um before like there's not a there, it's not like we can come and like make any sort of major proposals at this point because we don't have enough nobody knows what's really what's going on so really the move actually is to just kind of wait and see what we can do um and we are going to like spend some time making artifacts uh again and like kind of small one-off things that we know can be reused regardless of kind of where our our key people are can you de- um, can you define what an artifact is in your guys's company's terms? Like, yeah, what does that mean? I mean it's it could be anything from like we'll make like uh, a deck of cards that are related to the content that we're doing. Like, we have or like a card that has um, the instructions for running a specific type of meeting, uh, or we have a card you know for this thing we call integrative decision making which is a specific decision-making process that a team can use. and can be helpful to have these physical cards actually in your hand when you're doing it the first couple of times. Okay. Things like making a, a physical, we call them playbooks, but they're basically like short little kind of manuals with uh, explanations and various writing and tools and stuff that people who are trying to do things differently could could use. And probably some things that we haven't even thought of yet. Like well, that's the work we'll do when we come back from vacation to see what sort of artifacts would be would be useful. And it's kind of fun in the sense that in every project I've worked on, we've always said that we wanted more time to make artifacts, but it's one of those mm-hmm. things that can really get it's just easy to push to the side when you're when you're spending a ton of time actually facilitating and and doing all of the other stuff, it always seems to just get pushed to the edge. So this time, we've actually got some real time. It looks like to to make some stuff. So I'm excited to see what we can actually do with that. Interesting. So this type of shake up that comes out of nowhere, this is, this seems kind of ironic to me as someone who's like read your book and stuff and and understand kind of how you guys work and how yeah. you want companies to operate. This seems pretty opposite of what you guys teach oh, in is. terms of communication. I know you're not working with the whole company, but it had to feel like 
this is why we do what we do because this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. What just happened? It it really it really is. I mean, Aaron, one of Aaron's foundational articles that he wrote at the very beginning of the ready, even I think prior to the ready was called the last reorg you'll ever do because really what we try to do with organizations is give them other tools for improving themselves other than reorgs. Mm -hmm. Reorgs are kind of what leaders always turn to, to make things better. And they very rarely actually make anything better. And I, I feel really bad for some of the folks that we are working with. This is, the second time in like four months that they are being reorged, which means you know they have a new boss and a new new teammates and and things like that, and it's really disruptive. Um, and and so this is the first time I've ever really been on the receiving uh, end of it, and it's one of those things where like there was no way this was at this was happening at levels above where we uh, had any influence, so there was nothing we could really do. And and I think you know on the one hand. It's frustrating because you could look at it and say that a bunch of the work that we were doing has literally just kind of been erased. Like a, mm -hmm. large, a large part of the work I've been doing over the last few months is standing up these new teams with day-long um, kickoff events and team chartering conversations. And we had literally just finished the last one last week and we were getting ready. Now that we had all four done, we were getting ready to kind of move into the next phase. So all of that is no longer a thing. Uh, but on the other hand, there's this it's it feels like we have a lot of white space in front of us, which means maybe we could do something uh, interesting and, and new. Like it honestly feels like I'm going to be coming back to a brand new project uh, when I come back from vacation. And there's some advantages to that. A brand new project with some people who already know our thing and like mm -hmm. us and are on board. So maybe there's an opportunity to have even bigger impact than we thought. Uh, we'll yeah. see. But we really have no idea. I can't imagine. So is this going to be hard for you to take a week-long vacation and not have your mind running about what you're going to do when you get back? Honestly, I think it's going to be the opposite. Like, there's mm -hmm. literally nothing I can do right now. So let's just chill. And I'm just... Okay. Like, usually... Usually I'm taking a vacation like in the midst of a very complex project with lots of things happening and things are happening while I'm gone because my teammates aren't on vacation and that's hard to shut my brain off. But in something like this where we're all where we literally had a conversation yesterday where like I said to them, so it looks like there's really nothing for us to do, huh? And they're like, yep, like you're just going to we're just going to have to wait this out a little bit and see what see what shakes out. Uh, so this, in, in, in many ways, is actually kind of the perfect time to be taking a vacation. Okay. I'm yeah, really yeah. looking I forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if all that, that unknown white space was things that you could already I mean, yeah. see yourself working in and like coming up with plans, or if it's more the kind of thing where you, like, you know the white space exists and that you will be able to do something there when you get back, but you just don't have the pieces yet to really you know yeah. even start formulating some form of plan because it's still so unknown i wasn't I mean, sure what side of it was on yeah i mean i inevitably will be thinking about it and one of the things that we agreed to our original client the vp who got moved over to this new organization what we're going to do probably about a week or a week and a half after vacation is we're going to do a real deep dive into brave new work and the ready's um, beliefs and everything because up to this point he hasn't and we haven't really pushed him to, but he hasn't really um, been forced to wrestle with kind of our key ideas. Like he, he gets the big picture and was giving us a lot of space to do what we needed to do with his team. 
uh, which is was perfect. Like that's what we needed. But now that we're in this new scenario, he has decided, um, and he came up with this on his own, which is awesome. That he really needs to internalize our view of the world and our philosophy in order to kind of influence his new boss to to see what we're gonna do. So I'm gonna, I, I described it as doing a kind of intensive master master's course on the ready. Uh, when we get back from vacation, so I'll I'll be rereading Brave New Work on on the beach next week and taking notes and stuff, and then I'll, I'll probably be thinking about how I want to organize. You know, what would a three day, two and a half hours a day, three hours a day kind of class look like in our stuff? Because that's what I'll be doing with him when we get back. Will you do it doing it just with him, or is there no one else in the the company that's going to be doing that be, alongside? There will probably be one other person who we have been working with very closely for a long time who will join uh, as well. That sounds like um, I don't know the ideal situation slash ideal like something that you would love to do yeah, in terms of totally. you basically get you basically get to teach somebody what your company does, and they actually want to learn what your company does. Like totally. it's a one on one workshop with the person that is very excited about what you're doing and is ready to apply it to. A pretty intensely yeah. large company and with yeah. his you know with his section or where who he has under him but uh i gotta yeah. imagine that those scenarios don't pop up all the time no it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome because they're both incredibly smart people who will will be able to have like very deep conversations about the stuff in brave new work and they'll be able to push back in really intelligent and interesting ways so i think i will learn a lot as well but you're right it's basically i get to go into teacher mode for a couple of days in this like really intimate way just sitting in a conference room with a couple people that i really like talking about stuff that i really really like Um, Mm -hmm. so it'll be it'll be fun well, very cool that's i feel like that'll be something you'll be able to follow up on uh, a lot in these upcoming weeks once you uh yeah. Get to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. Oh, I, was gonna say, I had a specific question about this work that I was going to ask. Will this give you time to do? I mean, I know you're always doing the reputation stuff, and whatnot, with mm-hmm. the ready. With this project kind of like being put on the side, you know, to the, not a back burner, but just like yeah. pushed to the side a little bit. Is there other things that you're going to work on, or is it more that with this client, this specific guy that you're going to be working with, that will take your time, or do you see yourself having a uh, other projects or things come up during this period? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, the thing, I mean, preparing for this master's class and then giving it to him will take a lot of time. That'll be my primary focus. The mm-hmm. The thing that I'm going to have to be careful about is not backburnering this project too much uh, because we're still getting paid full rack rate. I'm supposed to be fully focused on this. And just because we don't know the way forward doesn't mean that there's not stuff I can be doing. Uh, so I know I'll probably feel the urge to do what you just described, but I'm going to have to try to st- try to not do that too much. Uh, otherwise, I think we'll get into a bad a bad situation. Um, I have another side question, real quick. So when yeah. you're doing all of this and you're in projects and stuff, are you still actively having to look for future clients, or do you leave that for other people to figure out for you? Because I know you found this client that you are currently working for. Um, and obviously there's a timeline that this runs, but by, are you more just focused on the project you're on and getting them to re-up or are you just, is it just like happenstance that you make a connection with someone at another company to, to potentially, you know, pitch your guys' services? Like, I'm really interested in that whole, I mean, I know that could be a whole conversation about how you even get somebody on board with kind of like a pretty crazy task. Um, but how does that play into like 
I don't know, maybe your monthly overview or your weekly overview. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all of the above. So everybody at the ready is kind of responsible for selling all the time. Uh, and we have, you know, we have various people who contact us through our website. So if somebody contacts us through our website and they happen to be located in the D.C., Northern Virginia area, I'll probably get tapped to start having conversations with them and start developing that relationship, which is kind of how this one came about. Um, but you know, so I, I, I do have growth, we call it growth, growth responsibilities, even when on a project, um, especially as you get near the end of whatever it is that you're working on. Um, if it's not going to extend, um, then it's kind of on to uh, up to you to figure out like, what are you going to do next? And, and kind of have that thing ready to go to, to jump to once your project ends, um, and then if you, if your project is going to extend, that's your primary responsibility to, to sell. Um, and then you'll continue on with that. And as far as ours goes, I don't really know what we're going to do at the end of November. I mean, it really depends on how the work is going. Um, especially now that we're kind of getting this reset, if we end up having some momentum by the end of November and, feeling like we're actually making some progress, I, I would feel confident that there would be at least be an interesting conversation to be had around extending the work. Uh, but I don't think anything is guaranteed by, by any means right now with that. So if I start to get that feeling, you know, in, in a couple months or so, I'll definitely need to be putting my feelers out to either A, sell something local to where I live out here. And we have a few things in our pipeline that could potentially um, happen. Or I need to make myself available to my colleagues who are trying to build teams for other projects, which will be starting in December or January, um, because we have we have what we call an open, um, basically an, a, an open marketplace, open talent marketplace it, for building teams. So somebody out there is going to be project stewarding um, a, a new project, and they're going to want to build a team. So I will, if if they're looking for someone with kind of at my at my salary level and my experience level and my, my particular skills, um, then we may have a conversation about me joining their project. And it's kind of up to both of us. Like they can't just assign me to a project and I can't just automatically say, I want to be a part of a certain project. It's like a two way conversation as people are building teams, but you re I really don't want to recreate what happened at the end of my last project, which was essentially six months of not being on a client project and just costing the ready money. Um, while I worked on internal stuff. Yeah. And it's like being a free agent kind within your of, company. <laughs> it, it kind of, it kind of is. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. Exciting. Like it. Well, well, let's, let's get to one of those other, some of those other bullet points there. I'm a little interested in obviously the top one, um, for whatever level you're about to, you're allowed to talk about that. Oh, yeah. So this <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? So what I have on the on the outline here is, is I thought I was about to get poached. Um, so do, do you know what it means to be poached? I'm assuming snagged up by another company or something? Yeah, or? basically, you know, someone hiring you away from your current uh, position. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because so what, what happened was with all everything happening at my current project, my main client, the VP, was like, hey, um, you know, I want you to come in. I want to talk to you one on one tomorrow. Um, without, you know, my two teammates who are remote 
calling into the meeting and we do almost everything together because the, the whole idea at the ready is like we're all equal and transparency yeah. right like we don't take like one-on-one -on -one meetings uh, but he asked me specifically for one so i was like oh all right so then i was trying to think through like well what why in the world is he asking me for a one-on-one -on -one meeting like why doesn't he want my teammates there and the only thing I could come up with was like, oh, like he must be trying to build a new team and he's got in this new position, he's got, you know, a bunch of budget and the task of building a transformation team and he's going to try to hire me away from the ready. Mm -hmm. like, that's what he's going to try to do. Um, so I had an interesting, you know, 12 hours of thinking through like, well, like what? would I do that? Like, do I want to go internal somewhere like, like there, you know, how, mm -hmm. like, what, what number would he have to say to get me to leave the ready? Um, yeah. And like, it brought up so many interesting things that I didn't even realize I was thinking about regarding my long-term career and how to get really good at this work. Because I mean, really what it came down to, I mean, just to cut the story short, that's not why you wanted to talk to me. There's nothing <laughs> to do you, with that. He had like a new, he had a new suit and he wanted you to see how it fit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he just, he just wanted to have a conversation. Like he just wanted to have like a, a more like human one-on-one -on -one intimate conversation with just someone who could be sitting in the room with him as opposed to uh -huh. having people on the phone as well. And just kind of talk openly about what he was thinking and feeling about what, what, what had happened um, in the reorg, which is awesome. Like I was very honored. Like I was, I was glad that he felt comfortable to like have to ask me for that conversation. Uh, because we have a really good relationship. So it was, it was really funny. I mean, it was really, I mean, it was good, but it was just funny. That's where my head went, but it did make me think about like, I think I, 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 it made me wonder whether I need to get experience at an organization like this, a huge bureaucracy doing internal transformation work in order to truly understand how to do this work or, or to truly empathize with our clients. Um, and I hadn't I mean, really thought about yeah. that before. So what do you, I mean, is that what you feel like you would get out of it? I mean, in the sense that like, do you feel like right now when you guys do projects and people decide to not re-up that you're kind of like, you know, you're pushing them out to sea and you're hoping that they continue the work you've been doing. Um, and if you were internal, you could kind of work on that work every day with the same company and kind of like hammer it home slash yeah. see it through. Is that, was that like, cause I mean, you guys work on some of these projects for a very long time. Um, and obviously people feel good about the work that you did. But does it still feel at times like you are kind of stepping away when things are still oh, very open? Totally. Or, yeah, not, totally. you know, not we, set in stone. Well, we talk about, I mean, we're, we're talking about transforming the culture of incredibly huge organizations. That's not going to be done within the time frame of even our longest projects over a year. Like you're still, you're not going to, you're not going to take a project from, from a starting point to a finishing point in a year. So... But what, I mean, what we try to do is basically get them to a point of self-sufficiency before we leave. Uh, so there is part of me that would like to see what it's like to be a part of a, a transformation effort where there is no end point. Like there is no date where you know you're going to be leaving. Um, mm -hmm. and, like what you could potentially do w with that. Um, I mean, the other stuff that as I was thinking about it, which I think would be really valuable for me is just better, like truly understanding, truly internalizing what it takes to navigate and survive within these often incredibly bureaucratic environments, I feel like would just give me a new level of understanding of what people are wrestling with. So that if I were to go external again, I think it would just make me that much better of a, of a consultant.
Yeah. I guess because your largest bureaucracy was a high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and you're actually putting your finger on something that I was thinking about. Like one of my – one of the things that I feel most self-conscious about in this work is that my career path to this point was exactly as you said. Uh, I went from being a teacher to being in graduate school, back to being a student, to – doing this work, which means I've had no like business experience to speak of. I've had no experience working in a large organization, although even though those are the types of organizations with which I consult. Uh, so I've always been a little self-conscious about that. And I, and I realized that maybe going internal for a little while would kind of patch that hole that I feel like I have in my, my experience. So it was, it was, it was really interesting to like just think through that possible future because where i ended up where i landed was being actually quite open to the idea um assuming you know that that it would be a salary bump and and things like that Um, i wasn't going to take less money to go internal um but i was the way i was thinking of it was like it's like doing a tour of duty um no disrespect to people who have actually served in war zones but i was thinking of it as like this is a thing you kind of have to go do because it'll make you better at your job not because it's something that you like want to do because in almost every way the ready is my dream job you know with with an incredible amount of autonomy and i can do kind of whatever i want and pursue things the way i want to do it i don't have a boss i set my own salary like that's not that's a pretty rare type of um environment to be in but i was intrigued by the idea of of going doing a tour of duty somewhere for a while and probably getting either getting fired or (laughs) being so like frustrated obnoxious. that I yeah. just oh I was gonna say frustrated but you said obnoxious thanks well I'm thinking like <laughs> you become such a pain in the ass yeah yeah, yeah. The that, that's why I'm getting fired like, I would get fired um, yeah. and then I would go back to you know either the ready or, or some other company doing this type of work hopefully the the ready and just like be at a whole different level of like yeah. effectiveness um, I mean so all of that consultant. is all of that is yeah like I level up like a Pokemon I I, I would leave I'd leave. A squirtle and come back a blastoise. Yes, exactly. How impressed are you right there with my ability to pull that? Not very, man. You, we played a lot of Pokemon <laughs> growing up. Don't act like that was a hard pull for you at all. <laughs> very fair. Very yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, all of it was was moot because that's not what he wanted to talk about. Uh, but which is just funny. But it, it is interesting to think that like how that one little conversation from him saying that he wanted that you know to have a conversation with you started that uh domino effect in your brain of you know like where 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 was that going you know yeah Um, and just maybe started a conversation for yourself that like you've never sat down and thought about before so yeah it helped me put some some kind of contours around like what's the scenario in which i would consider leaving the ready and again not because i'm frustrated with the ready because i'm trying to think through like if i'm taking the really long view of my career what what's best for that um Mm -hmm. and yeah i feel like i have a better sense now if like the right opportunity kind of showed up in front of me uh, to go internal somewhere i've at least started the process of thinking of thinking that through but i'm not i'm not gonna lie the other part of me was like very relieved that i didn't have to make that decision and that everything was fine i'm just gonna continue on at the ready in, in the job that i absolutely love uh so 
It was a but, it was a big week, as I said in the outline. Yeah. Big week. It, it could it could come up at some point though. This one came out of nowhere, but that could have been what he wanted to talk about too. So you never know. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, all right, last one there. You're going on vacation, huh? Yeah, I'm vacation leaving, guy. Leaving on a Monday to go on vacation for a week. Um, my my first first time off this year, which will be nice. Does sound nice. What are you yeah. doing? What are you gonna be doing? Uh, we're, Emily and I are gonna go to her parents' house in Cape Cod. Um, on Cape Cod, and mm. and we are going to her friend's wedding at the end of that week on Martha's Vineyard. So I'm uh, having now, a particularly preppy vacation. I was gonna ask, have you one? You got a pair of boat shoes. Two, you got a pair of white pants. Three, you got small sweaters you can tie around your neck. One, no boat shoes. <laughs> Two, yes. Three, no sweaters. It's summer, man. Come on. Doesn't change. People tie that around their neck. I have a couple um, goals for my vacation. One is to eat only things that live in the sea. Oh, it's going to wreck your body, Sam. No, I can eat shellfish. It's regular fish that mess me up. Okay. I'm worried about you. <laughs> Two. Sunburned. Get good sunburn. Three. Wear my linen pants all the time. That's a good goal. Yeah. Um, step foot in the ocean. Do you actually you know, swim oh, in the yeah. ocean? There's I'll, sharks, man. Uh, Dude, there's shark. There's all sorts of shark uh, sighting. They've been putting up shark signs like on the beach by Emily's house. Yeah, a lot of shark activity going on. I so I will. I'll get my ankles wet, but I'm about, about as high as I'm going. Yeah, those, you guess you, you think those sharks bite your ankles? They might want your ankles. Little, little, little tiny baby sharks <laughs> nibble my ankles. Yeah, I hope not. Well, uh, that sounds like it's gonna be a pretty a lovely time. You're gonna be close to me. You don't want to just venture two hours north. Uh, you be, you two, hour, wait, two hours north puts me in the ocean, my dude. Okay, north. You are how far? You out. are north? west. West is the is the direction you're looking for. Northwest. Sure, I'm mostly. The, I'm west. on the New Hampshire border, pretty much. Mostly west. Okay. Cape Cod is far. like a it's like a it's like a peninsula out into the ocean. No, no, I got it, guy. All right, don't you Cape <laughs> oh, Cod explain me? Don't guy me, chief. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, I mean that north versus west. You could still drive and uh, come visit me. All right. We'll see. Maybe, maybe I will. Come maybe see my dog. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be all by myself for Fourth of July weekend. So come up right. and visit. Well, that's the weekend I'm in Martha's Vineyard. Oh, but maybe but during you... the middle of the week. Okay. Well, I'll still be here. <laughs> all right. Your dog cool. will still be here. Oh, right, I have one more question. You yeah. guys got, you guys getting a lot of ticks down there? You getting ticks? No, what? not you. No. Not you're not getting texted you're in an office. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I have not gone outside today, uh, so I hope I haven't gotten any ticks. No, Just I have the... not seen a tick in in where we live. Oh man, it's bad. Why it's you got here? You guys got ticks? I've gotten five this year. What were they attached? Only one. Ugh. But you know what? Uh, of all of them to be attached, it was the one of the scariest spot. It was on my inner thigh. Oh, and that's, yeah, that's no good. No, that's no good at all. It was, it was like the middle of like lower of my thigh, but it was still kind of scary. Um, but yeah, man, they said it was gonna be a bad year for them, but I don't, I don't care for it. Are one you gonna, bit. Are you gonna be like grandpa and pick ticks off your dog? Um, we've been given like she has the, the tick medicine and stuff. I'm hoping that'll keep them off. I mean, she's can, short hair, which it'll be easier can, to see them and stuff. Can you take the tick medicine? I don't think so. I think there is bug spray. I could be spraying on me, but I already forget to put sunscreen on. So what are the odds I put bug spray on? But isn't the dog tick medicine like a pill? Yeah, I think it is. And there's yeah. some that are. Like, just they, take some. Pill. Just do some experiment. <laughs> just take one. Just take one. See if okay. it works. 
So you have goals for your vacation. <laughs> My goal for the next week, take a- <laughs> take some dog medicine. Take some dog medicine, report back, and find out about livestock prices. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. That seems we, fitting. We both, we both have our tasks. Yeah. Your sounds a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, it, I think it will. All right. Well, well, we'll reconvene and talk about how that goes. All right, dude. Sounds good. All right. See ya. Yeah. Later, on.